Emotional maturity. Like good mental health, emotional maturity is an ideal state, one towards which all of us, however well we are or think we are, or in fact sick we are or think we are, are striving. Now, in addition to being alcoholic, we're also human beings. This may be a fact that many of us have overlooked in our addiction. We thought of ourselves in terms lesser than a human being. But as a human being, we're many times going to become frustrated, resentful, wallow in a little self-pity now and then, and some other character defects are going to pop up. Many times it seems like there's a war that rages within oneself, and dishonesty of thought and action prevail. This is just as vicious in the so-called sober person as it is in the drunken one. And unless we show some growth in our sobriety, we oftentimes slip and return to that terrible vicious cycle that drags us down into drunken oblivion again. Slip is a term you're going to hear around your AA meetings from time to time, and I can never figure out how a person slips when they're planning to fall down. So I'd like to propose several criteria of emotional maturity. I like to think of these as potential yardsticks for a bit of healthy personal introspection. One of the most important factors in growing up is the ability to live up to one's responsibilities. And this is good, for it makes the person accept the responsibility for his own action, for his own behavior, rather than giving the fault to everyone else. Some years back, my little boy and I were working out in the yard. I seen that he was preoccupied with with something. He seemed very quiet. And finally, when I asked him what was wrong, he said, Dad, was it hard for you to grow up? I told him it took me a long time before I grew up. And I asked why he asked that question. He said, I don't want to grow up. It's too hard. It takes too much work. I have to be too good. He apparently was beginning to find out at a very early age in life just what responsible behavior is. And he seemed to be very much aware of it. He had certain obligations around the home that he had to take care of. There was also some things he wanted to do, such as playing Little League Baseball. But he was finding out if he didn't take care of his obligations, he perhaps wouldn't have time to play Little League Ball, and he wouldn't have time to pursue some of his other interests. And he was beginning to realize that growing up is the ability to face some unpleasantness, some frustrations some discomfort and defeat without complaining or falling completely apart. The mature person knows he can't have everything his own way. He knows there's more to life than just pie in the sky. Now all of us somewhere along the line, at home, at work, school, church, as well as in our sobriety, have assumed many responsibilities. Responsibility isn't something new or strange or overpowering. As we go through life, responsibility does not change its character. All that happens is that our responsibilities become bigger and bigger, and more and more. The world's filled with people who can't be counted on, people who never seem to come through in the clutches or when the chips are down, people who break promises and have the gall to substitute alibis for lack of performance. They show up late or perhaps not at all. They're confused and disorganized. Their lives are a chaotic maze of unfinished business. Dr. Glasser in his book Reality Therapy states, The basic problem of all people who require therapy is that they are irresponsible. Conventional psychiatry, on the other hand, would teach that we're irresponsible because we're sick. 
and they'll usually place various labels on us to back up that statement, such as neurosis, psychosis, schizophrenia. If we look at what Dr. Glasser is saying, and if we look closely at the first step of Alcoholics Anonymous, I think basically they're saying the same thing. The first step of AA says, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. If you notice closely in that step, it doesn't say our lives became unmanageable as a result of alcohol. It makes, very simply, two statement of fact. Powerless, unmanageable. Now, apparently we've never learned, or perhaps we've forgotten, how to accept the world as it is. Some of us don't seem to have the capacity to stick with a project or a situation until it's finished. And the person who's constantly changing jobs, changing friends, changing mates, trying to change everything and everyone but himself, is a very smug and immature person. He can't stick it out because he hasn't grown up. And after a while, everything seems to turn sour. Maturity, to a large extent, is simply a matter of self-understanding and reasonable self-control. Now, as my little guy said, perhaps it took too much work for self-understanding. And we have to be too good to have self-control. It's not an easy matter to look within oneself, to examine who we are, what we are, where we're going. Growing up is maturing, and maturity is many things. Maturity is the ability to make a judgment on the long haul. It means being able to pass up the fun of the moment. Take some action which will pay off later. One of the characteristics of immaturity is the I want it now approach. I want what I want when I want it. And I don't care how I do it, how I get it, or who I hurt. Grown-up people can wait. Maturity is patience. The willingness to pass up the immediate pleasure in favor of long-term gain. Maturity is perseverance. The ability to sweat out a project or a situation in spite of opposition and discouraging setbacks. It's the ability to function under extreme difficulties. If we're reasonably mature, we can live our life at our own expense. We can play the cards that are dealt us in life, rather than complaining about them, keeping in mind that we have something to say about how the cards are going to be played. If we're healthy, it means that of necessity we've learned how to accept frustrations with some degree of grace in order to gain something we want in the future. Maturity also means the refusal to run away or to fight inappropriately when faced with difficult realities. It's very easy to run away someplace when the going gets tough, and we find many ways of doing that. For a chemically dependent person, we run away from reality by indulging in alcohol or other chemicals, which only makes the situation worse rather than improving it. As mature individuals, we must find ways of facing reality by making constructive adjustments, which neither causes us to run away from the reality nor forces us to destroy what we cannot master. Maturity is the ability to control anger and settle differences without violence or destruction. Remember that anger is a very hot emotion, and we have to cool it before it breaks loose. Anger is usually the accumulated feelings that result from a lot of small irritations. To get at the root of anger, make a list of all the trite things that bug us, regardless of how small or silly they seem to be. We can't say we're not going to lose our cool any more than we can say we're never going to drink or pop pills again. We have to take steps to control both. Maturity is having the capacity to adapt ourselves to change, 
Life is a continuing process of change. Each day we're faced with new experiences, opportunities, obstacles, hurdles, which require modification on our part if we're to master them. How well we adapt and how successfully we master them depends upon our continuing growth. Hanging on to the past many times causes problems that lead us to see our difficulties and troubles as external ones rather than problems within ourselves. We have a tendency to know that other person, that one that's so rigid that he can't change, the one that's so negative, tunnel vision, narrow-minded. We become upset and annoyed at that other person. We call him stubborn for behavior which if we were describing in ourselves, we would say we were being firm. We have to be careful not to condemn others of the faults that we have and are trying to conceal. So far as mental illness is concerned, one of the biggest problems in our country today is that of chemical dependency. If you could imagine this disease if it were contagious, we'd have to say that we would have a national emergency on our hands within a week's time. Could you imagine millions of people with this addiction never apparently being able to learn from or profit from past experiences or mistakes? If we're to be mature, we must be flexible enough, no matter what our age, to adjust and adapt to change. Another criteria of maturity is having the capacity to find more satisfaction in giving than in receiving. All of us come into this world 100% on the receiving end of the line with everything coming our way. Gradually, with growth, the process reverses, and the mature person is quite often on the giving end. No one should give up all the pleasure from receiving, for others also want to give. In fact, much giving results in receiving appreciation. We give love, understanding, kindness, and we enjoy receiving these in return. However, if one gives only to be rewarded, or as a way of demanding some appreciation, then his motives are not a healthy one. There is a relationship between one's capacity to give and what he receives. All of us need someone. We need a spouse to share with us, kids to rejoice with us. Otherwise, we miss much in life. We need what I call refueling stations. No matter how independent we think we are, we need quiet times, vacations, good friends. Emotional maturity requires the individual have a cause, a mission, an aim in life, a set of values that works a set of values that's constructive, that's bigger than he himself, so big that he has to keep on working at it. Maturity is getting along with others, having the capacity to relate to other people in a consistent manner that is of mutual satisfaction and helpful to both. This capacity of getting along with each other depends upon various factors in our personality. Maturity is unselfishness. I don't believe anyone really can get along harmoniously with other people unless he or she is willing to give, responding to the needs of others, oftentimes at the expense of one's own desire and needs. The mature person has many traits. They develop from the experience of growing up in a family where they are present. One of the most important of these traits is sincerity. How does one measure integrity, that combination of honesty, fairness, dependability, and willingness to assume responsibilities. How do we learn to accept criticisms from which we should learn to profit if we are mature?
How do we learn to win modestly and lose graciously? These are hard questions, but they're all facets of our capacity to relate to other people. The search to find the answers to these questions continues for all of us and is part of the process of learning to look at ourselves in an objective way. Maturity is the recognition of one's own aggressive acts and impulses and to have the capacity to direct them into constructive channels. At times we turn this hostility into ourselves, unreasonable feelings of resentments, self-pity, inferiority complexes, fear, anxiety, the guilt that sometimes tortures us without any cause or reason. These are examples of feelings that can paralyze and prevent doing something worthwhile. All of us have a certain degree of low self-worth, self-defeatism, and the ultimate and extreme expression of hating oneself in this way is oftentimes suicide. Hate can be directed into constructive channels, and it's the mature person who finds ways to do this, in the home, in the community, in the church, by activities of all sorts, through work and recreation. We need to learn how to direct more and more of our aggressive energy into outlets that would help ourselves and those around us. Finally, the mature person has the capacity to love. By love, I refer to a broad usage of the word caring and understanding. And how do we learn to care? As completely dependent infants, if we were fortunate, and had parents who expressed and showed their love by looking after us, we learn to love in return by developing an interdependence in our family. From the family, we learn to like and enjoy being with other people giving affection and interest to those outside the family. Later in life, the mature person found someone he loved very much, and they started the new family by giving. They were able to express that love by giving to each other, by giving to the children. The hope is that all of us might continue and extend our caring beyond the family to our community, to our state, to our nation, to our very troubled and very small world. Love is the only neutralizer for hate. The world is filled with hate in many forms. If we care enough, we must see this hate for what it is, and then hopefully help more people to learn how to express their love and feelings by dealing with hate in constructive, creative activities that serve others. To sum up what maturity is, I like to quote an article that appeared in the grapevine many years ago. A mature man never talks about what the world owes him, the happiness he deserves, the chances he ought to have had and all that. All he claims is the right to be alive and to be a man. A mature man is just as honest in his work, or alone, or in his room, as he is in public. A mature man does not want pull, tips, nor favors. He wants work and honest wages. A mature man is loyal to his friends, and he guards their reputation as he would his own. A real man is dependable. His simple word is as good as his Bible oath. A mature man does a little more than he promises. He does not want something for nothing. A mature man minds his own business. He does not judge other people. A real man always has excuses for others, never for himself. He is patient and charitable to others, and to himself he is strict but fair. A mature man is glad to live, and not afraid to die. A mature man is, while well, he's a real man, the finest, best, noblest, 
and most refreshing thing to find in all the green earth, unless it be a mature and real woman.